We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score! Infield in all the way around. Ian Happ drives one in the air. Deep right field. Back goes Renfro. It's got a chance. Gone! Ian Happ has done it again. His second two-run home run of the game. And the Cubs lead 4-2 here in the 10th inning. That was the other night, Ian Happ with two two-run homers. And those were the only two hits for the Cubs. That was historic. And I know it was the first leadoff two-run homer in Cubs history in extra innings. That has to have happened elsewhere in one of these 10th inning uh, courtesy runner situations. Pat Hughes calls it the courtesy runner. I, of course, prefer the, prefer the Manfred Mann uh, not that I want to give that man credit, but it lets me think about being blinded by the light and do what diddy and, and all those other things. And I imagine the earth band is right there gathered around second base. But either way, Ian Happ with that leadoff two-run homer, one of the signs of positivity on the big league level. It's hit and run here. Matt Spiegel here with you on 670 The Score. Talking to you guys and continuing to take your phone calls. Some White Sox fans are holding. We will get back to you. But I promised this, and let's have it as a breath of fresh air. And yes, the Cubs' overall big picture is a breath of fresh air. And here's why. I'm excited about next spring. I'm looking forward to where things will be when spring training begins in Mesa. What this roster is going to look like and the possibilities for fielding a team that could contend for a wild card next year. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? I don't think it's crazy. Look around. I do believe in some of the players that are here. There's not a lot, that, you know, not a ton, but there's some that are here. I believe that Justin Steele has figured it the F out. Got some tips from John Lester through his pal David Ross. Last time out when Lester was in the crowd, Steele struck out nine and six shot innings, allowing two hits. Actually, the other night was uh, a time since then, so that was two times ago. This past time looked good, and then the lower back kind of jumped up and bit him. He's 27 years old. The stuff is there, and he was actually part of the marquee broadcast last night. Mucked up and talked about how the pitch lab has helped uh, when he sees the numbers and sees stuff that goes along with the thought process. It helps, yada, yada. Look, we could talk specifics for a lot of these people, but I believe in some of the players that are here. I believe in Justin Steele. 
Um, Marcus Stroman is a very solid um, middle-of-the-rotation guy. Drew Smiley, who was great again last night, has been really good. And I know it's too late to trade him, and we've been thinking about him as a one-and-dunner, but he really likes it here. Really likes it here. Says he wants to be here, wants to be part of things. Maybe, maybe Drew Smiley is part of that rotation. I'm not sure about Keegan Thompson. I'm not ready to pencil him in or anything. But it's, let's say it's Stroman and Steele and Smiley and a returned Kyle Hendricks. And then you need one more at the top. Could spend some money on that, couldn't you? Could go out and get Carlos Rodon, couldn't you? Is too many lefties? Maybe. Think about it that way. I don't think Jacob DeGrom makes sense right now at age 35 with all those health risks, but we'll see. I believe that they can create bullpen people. They're showcasing Rowan Wick right now with the hopes of getting somebody interested in him. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he will end up gone. He won't be a part of this roster next spring. But, like, Scott Efros is gone and in New York, actually on the injured list right now. Have you watched Eric Ullman pitch? Have you guys watched Eric Ullman at all? With that three-quarter delivery, some nasty stuff, and some great results lately, that's an example of what they think they can do. Scott Efros is gone. Here's this guy. Who's Eric Ullman? Watch him. And then it, see how he throws. And then talk about him. So it's not about him specifically. It's about they have turned the corner in terms of developing and teaching pitchers. Okay. Nico Horner ought to be signed to a long-term contract akin to what the Braves just did with Michael Harris II, um, akin but not to the extent of what the Mariners just did with Julio Rodriguez. Nico Horner should be signed, and I bet they're going to try this offseason, and I bet they're going to get that done. They, having learned from some of their mistakes with the other core, and uh, Nico having shown what he's shown and wanting to be here. I think they should talk extension with Ian Happ this offseason as well. Maybe they do both of those guys. I'd be fine with that. You don't want to overpay for Ian Happ, and if he's convinced that he needs to get paid at the very, very top of the outfield market, then maybe that won't happen. But those conversations should happen. At the very least, Nico. There's other pieces. I think Patrick Wisdom is a very solid end-of-the-roster guy making very little money for the next three years who has shown that he can make some adjustments and add a little more contact. The, the strikeout rate is much better over the last couple of months. Still rough overall, but... And he can show you that he can solidly play either corner. I'm good with that. Jan Gomes is probably your starting catcher, unless something has changed dramatically with Wilson Contreras. I don't know. They really need a center fielder. Um, they really need... A big free agent, either shortstop or third baseman. Maybe a second baseman if you want to play him over there. Although if you get a shortstop, you could move Nico over there and have Madrigal as depth. And they need uh, a starting pitcher. So that's the big league level. I believe that they are playing very, very hard and have a culture that is incredibly well established by David Ross. I believe that David Ross is in lockstep with Jed Hoyer in a way that has to happen as you are building something. Everybody plays hard. You've heard them all talk about it. Everybody who comes here is ready to learn. They get better at the big league level. The communication is really good. 
I believe that culture is in place. And I think Ross is, um, is, has shown himself to be tactically attentive and on top of it. Okay? I believe that the front office is going to spend. I believed that for a while. Then we weren't sure around the deadline. And then Jed Hoyer came out. You remember the cut? Remember the cut where he said it? He said it straight up. He said it on marquee. We played it. He went on the team-owned um, network and said it. Sean Sears, can you find it? You remember what we're talking about here? He said we it. have resources to spend this winter. We certainly will spend this winter. But you know, we want to do it in the most intelligent fashion possible. I think free agency presents itself with a lot of opportunity to bring in talent. It also presents tremendous risk. Yeah, because, not, not that one because you know, it, it, it's, it's telling – because he's he said it a couple of different times, but when he went on marquee and sat there with Cole Wright, he said it as clear as day. That's the one. And Sean will find it, and we'll play it for you. I believe they're going to spend. And I believe when these experts are out there saying the Cubs are going to get one of the shortstops, that they will. I don't know if it'll be Trey Turner. That's the guy that I would want. I don't know if it would be Carlos Correa this time after he didn't believe in him last time. I think it very well could be Xander Bogarts, who is possibly on the way out in Boston. And if it's Xander Bogarts, hopefully he agrees to play third base. But that is that is a leader. That is a truly great hitter who is not an elite defensive shortstop anymore. And maybe you can give him a little bit less, uh, but also a little more than the Red Sox will be offering, which I think will be easy to do. Here's Jed on Marquis. Just been uh, going into next year, and um, you know, we, our, our goal is to to build something really special. Uh, we know um, that that truly special season uh, may mm-hmm. be a bit in the future, um, but we want to compete every year uh, in the meantime. So there'll be money to spend, and um, we look forward to, to getting to the off season and, and working on that. But in the meantime, we gotta- so th- I, I, we want to compete every season in the meantime. He's not just going to wait for all the kids to be ready and then spend. It's going to be multiple off-seasons stacking together like last year when they got Stroman and Suzuki. Now here's another one, and they'll spend and they'll add to it. And here's the other thing. I believe in the MLB readiness of some of the prospects already. There are a couple to really, truly believe in in terms of being close. Not Pete Crow Armstrong, who's exciting. Not Owen Casey, who's exciting. Not even necessarily Brennan Davis, who has to do a lot of work to recover and get back to where he was after the surgery and, um, and, and the awkward season that he has had. I believe that this pitcher, Hayden Wisniewski, will be competing for a rotation spot as soon as next spring. He will come to spring training with the possibilities of being a fifth starter right there. Maybe it'll be Caleb Killian, too, with a shot. I don't know. Wisniewski's got better stuff. And I think they found something. That slider is serious. I think they got something. For F. Ross, I think you're going to look back on that one and say, man, for a, for a high-leverage reliever, a young high-leverage reliever, yeah, but F. Ross had multiple years on the deal, which is why perhaps the Yankees gave up what they did, which is Wesnecki. I think, I think he's going to be – he has a real shot. And then, folks, sometimes the, the prospects, they come out of nowhere, but they just show you they're ready. Matt Mervis is a power-hitting behemoth as a first baseman who has powered his way through the system, is now at AAA and is doing special things at AAA. The other night I'm watching, I'm bouncing around, I'm seeing a little bit of Road to Wrigley on Marquee, which was really good. Elise Meneker and Lance Brozdowski and Jim Callis sitting around watching different 
um, different minor league affiliate games and talking through it. Jim Callis from MLB.com Pipeline. MLB Pipeline is great stuff. Matt Mervis with all this, this power. And I'm looking at him. I'm watching him there. And I'm like, man, look at that. Look at that at bat. I just saw a walk. And he looked so calm and so quiet and so stable, this big left-handed body and power bat. And then at the end of that game, do we have what happened at the end of that game, Sean Sears, at the end of the AAA game on Thursday night? On the walk-off home run, it was July 17th by Darius Hill. Matt Mervis homered yesterday. He has 25 home runs this season. He's been on base twice today. 1-0 to Mervis. Belted to right, way back, way gone. The legend of Mash Mervis continues. Walk off homer, Matt Mervis, 26th round tripper of the year, none bigger than this. That is Matt Mervis with the walk off home run the other night. And I'm telling you, that dude, he is mashing and he's ready to mash. And you sometimes find a guy, you know, a lot of different first base types in the system. Bryce Ball, who they got from Atlanta, um, other guys with pop. This dude is ready. This dude will probably be up sometime in September and you'll get to watch him a little bit. And I think he hit spring training fighting for the opening day first base job. I think that's what Jed Hoyer thinks, too. He's been downplaying Mervis anytime he gets a chance or question towards him. It feels like they don't want to build him up too much, but you can tell internally they, they think this guy's real. They think that, that his power and what he has found at the plate is real, and so do I. In talking to some people who have watched him closely in the minors, some people who have talked to him in the minors, the guy that Mervis loves, the major leaguer that he loves, that he emulates, is Jordan Alvarez. That's the stance he looks at. That is um, that is the approach he tries to take. And when you see him, I want you to watch his body and his mechanics at the plate and his calm and think about Jordan Alvarez because that's who he is trying to think of. I, I kind of want to call it right now that he's your opening day first baseman next year. I think it's entirely plausible. And if you have a kid who doesn't know any better, who shows up and can mash at first base as a lefty power bat, and you go out and you add Xander Bogarts or somebody like that to your infield, and Nico's playing second or playing short, and Hayden Wesnecki is giving you starting pitcher depth, and you've added a starter, maybe it's Carlos Rodon, somebody like that. There, You know, we'll see. They need a center fielder. I don't think Brennan Davis will be ready. Brandon Nimmo is interesting to me. Free agent to be with the Mets. Lefty bat. Very interesting to me. I don't know if the Mets would let him go, but they're going to have to be, they got a lot of people they got to worry about. So, but that kind of offseason where they thoughtfully grab and there's a kid or two. Maybe Alexander Canario is going to be ready sooner too. I mean, that dude is mashing and he's at AAA. Okay? But there, there are enough guys are enough guys that are close enough to come up and help certainly bullpen guys and maybe one hitter like Mervis maybe two like Canario that along with some free agent acquisitions the front office stability the manager the way that they're playing some of the progress I think there is reason to be optimistic to hit next spring feeling pretty darn good 
about where the Cubs are headed and thinking about them as a potential wild card team. Do you think any of those guys get a September call up? I think Mervis does. I feel like him and maybe maybe Canario. Maybe Canario. Those are the two guys. I'm there's at. there's value in doing it, even if Canario, even if you think Canario is going to be overwhelmed, let him be overwhelmed with a supportive locker room. I didn't even mention Franmil Reyes as I was talking about the possible fines here. The Franmil, that no brainer acquisition that has had moments where it looks like, oh yeah, maybe that guy could be the DH for the next year or two. Um, we'll see. We'll see how how it plays out. But I wanted to put all those pieces together for you. Oh, there's one more piece. Here's the ridiculous, the pipe dream piece. This is John Paul Morosi with me and Mark Grody on Friday. JP Morosi from MLB.com. He talked about the prospect of what the Angels are going to do now that Artie Moreno is going to sell the team, now that Shohei Otani will be one year away from free agency this offseason and maybe on the trading block. Well, that and there's the name. So if I'm a Cubs fan, uh, I would allow myself to be a bit more excited about the Otani trade possibility than the DeGrom free agent possibility. Because mm-hmm. I, I do think with with the ownership change and 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 I'm sure Perry Manazian as the GM to say to the ownership, either outgoing or incoming, listen, we are not good enough right now. We, we are spending a ton of money on Trout and Rendon into their 30s. We are not deep from a standpoint of our our farm system. We have to make this trade now with Otani to get younger and get better. Now, for the Cubs, it would cost multiple, probably three or four elite prospects. The best, you name your top three or four prospects, and they're all going in this trade. Uh, Justin Steele, great uh, great emerging pitcher. He might have to go in the trade if you're going to get Otani for mm. one year. And that's why it's such a hard trade to make because Steele is already 27. He This is his first full season, and he's just now coming into his own. Would you trade five years of Steele for one of Otani? And that's where I, I don't know that I could do that that's uh, John Paul Morosi talking about Otani. Who knows? Maybe the Cubs could look down at the bottom of their system and say, you know what? You're intrigued by Owen Casey, aren't you? Hey, you know what? You like that Kevin Alcantara. Yeah, so do we. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, this Bryce Ball over here. Like, you know, maybe you can look at your own prospects and say you can't have this guy, can't have that guy. But, they're, but oh, maybe they're out of town stupid on some guys that, that they do like. Oh, yeah, were you, you impressed by Keegan Thompson, too? Yeah, we sure were as well. I know none of those uh, on their own are going to do it for Otani, but maybe one big shooter, one of their big, big prospects, along with some other pieces, gets you into the ballpark. We'll see what the time frame will be like. But can you imagine? This is, this is the time to do it, man. Well... Because then you'd have him. You could also just wait a year and try to sign him, which they which they almost did the first time around. They yeah. came very close to doing that. The only team in the Midwest that had a shot at him. Right. And I don't know how he feels about Seiya Suzuki. I don't know if they're friendly. I do know that Seiya and his interpreter can speak to him about the welcoming nature of the Cubs as an organization and what the fans are like. And I know that this is an appetizing place to be. So if you trade for him, you probably do it with an eye towards signing him. Shohei Otani, by the way, is about to lead his team in both plate appearances and innings pitched, which hasn't been done since 1887. <laughs> That's a Chris Kamka stat oh for you. Oh, my God. Chris Kamka. A little more than an hour from now uh, to wrap up the show, as we always do. Uh, we'll, we'll take your calls at 312-644-6767 next. It speaks with you on Hit and Run.
The premier base. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. 0-2. And the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Good thing they went into that shift. Strike three, side retired. Five innings are in the books. Iowa nothing, Indians nothing. That's a Hayden Wesnecki strikeout from the other night for Iowa. It's Matt Spiegler with you on Hit and Run. Um, Try to paint the broad picture for Cubs optimism. And I wonder uh, what you think. Let's go to Michael in Chicago on 670, the score. Michael, how are you, sir? Hey, Hey, Speaks. Good morning. Hey, I just want to say whoever's answering the phone is doing a great job, and they deserve a raise. Oh, thank you. That's my uh, my young associate producer. He's 10 years old, but a fine young man. Yeah, that's why I said it. My daughter's the same age, and anything I can do to help him get some money for Robux or whatever he's playing <laughs> online is, uh, is good for me. Oh, there you go, Michael. Yeah, we're going to get a report from him later on. Apparently, uh, there was a caller very unhappy with uh, the host and the show, so we'll we'll get that report a little bit later on. It was it was definitely not me, but hey, I I tend to agree with you on the Cubs. Um, I think the thing for me looking forward to next season is what they do at second base. Um, you know, I know Madrigal had some decent at bats lately. I mean, that one game he took that pitcher deep, but I I don't think you can say you're being you're a competitor, you're contending with him in the lineup. His his lack of power, his his inability to put the ball in the air and just ground balls. And, you know, what I saw with him in the White Sox with his defense, I just don't think, I, I don't think he's anything more than a backup. I'm really hoping they sign a shortstop, move Nico over to second, and then, and then move on from there. I just, I, I know they gave up some capital to get him and I, I, I know they expected more, but I just, I don't see a future for him as an everyday starter on this team, especially if they're going to contend. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I, 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 I completely understand. And I tend to agree with you. Um, didn't cost that much to take a look at him. Uh, Cody Hoyer might end up being the long-term piece of value from that deal. Uh, let's go to Anderson. Are you in Belgium, Anderson? Belgian. I don't know uh, where, where, 
where the uh, confusion uh, <laughs> came in from. Oh, my God. That's the call screener. Thought you were in Belgium, but you're in Elgin, which makes a lot more sense. That's amazing. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, just just uh, curious about uh, uh, what your thoughts are on Fran Mill Reyes long term. Uh, I know, obviously, you have a good start here. We have him for arbitration eligibility for a couple of years now, but just uh, – just hoping to have a little bit of uh, clarity on what you think might be his future. I, I think he's got a, a very wide open possibility of a, of a future here. And I, I think it's, um, I'm surprised that Cleveland gave up on him. Um, I really like his approach. He's, I, I, as I've heard it said, he is a gap to gap hitter with power. So he's not just some, some big old crazy slugger. Uh, although he is large and looks like somebody's dad. Um, but he is a, a legit gap-to-gap uh, hitter with some power when he's going good. It's something was very rotten and very wrong in Cleveland, and some of it was mindset and all of that as well. Um, so for whatever reason, they gave up on him. But I think it, he is absolutely a guy who could possibly stick here as a DH and will, I believe, come to spring training with every shot to be the opening day designated hitter. Let's uh, talk to Stan in Bellwood on 670 The Score. Hello, Stan. Thanks for holding. How are you, sir? Oh, no problem. If I, if I wasn't holding speaks, I'd still be uh, listening anyway. So it's same difference. No big deal. Cool. Uh, hey, you put a lot on the table uh, for the uh, Cubs there. Definitely food for thought. I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed by your – I mean, I didn't call to talk about the Cubs, but yeah. uh, your Cubs opt- optimism is – off the charts there. The only thing that I'm definitely in agreement with you on, you know, for sure is that they better spend and they don't really have a choice. The national league is very, very strong, stronger than the American league. And every one of the elite teams in the national league spend and spend and spend and spend. So if the, if the Cubs are going to, you know, if if they're going to make a step forward, especially the kind of step that, that you were outlining there, that money better be, you know, it, in any discussion about the Cubs moving forward, spending better be at the top of the list. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, we'll I, see how that goes. I think they will. I mean, that's why I played the cut from Jed, because I think it's very clear. We've gotten hints at it from other places within the organization. Um and uh, then they've got some money going away. And, and, and even though the Jason Hayward money is not going away now, it's going away after next year, and his roster spot is going away, and they have to look at that as a sunk cost. Um, and I, I, think, I think they will. Um, by the way, Texture says they make great waffles in Elgin, not, not in Belgium necessarily, but also in, uh, in Elgin. Uh, carry on, Stan. I know you had White Sox thoughts, sir. Yeah, uh, moving on to the uh, White Sox. So uh, two things. I heard what you said um, uh, about, uh, you know, what you think the White Sox need to do. Uh, I want to comment on that and also on whether or not they're they're toast or not. Uh, I don't have any names for you right now. You know, I I need a little bit more time to think about it and, you know, see how the landscape uh, clears itself you know, as we get closer to the end of the season. Um, But I do know that changes clearly have to be made and heads need to roll because the White Sox are in the exact same position right now uh, as they were going into the offseason last year after getting their heads handed to them 
by uh, the Astros in the playoffs. They have the same flaws, the same deficiencies, and the exact same areas of need. So that means that they did not upgrade or really take things as seriously as they should have uh, uh, during the offseason or at the trade deadline. So that's reason enough for changes to be made. Uh, as, as for whether or not they're dead, I, you know, I do think it's time to finally admit that it's overspeaks for two main reasons. Uh, one, the wild card now is a pipe dream. They're, they're completely out of the running. It's not going to happen. It doesn't make sense to talk about that. And as far as winning the division, they're still in third place in the division speaks. Since the deadline uh, three or four weeks ago, the Twins have been every bit as inept and pathetic as the White Sox. They've done everything in their power to pass the baton to the White Sox, and the White Sox have not been able to overtake them. And they're now six games on the loss side behind Cleveland, uh, the Guardians. The Guardians are deserving, you know, of they've they played better than anybody uh, in that division. They've pitched better. They play the game better. They, they play the game better, and you know they deserve to win that division. The White Sox don't deserve it because they have not even been able to overtake Minnesota, uh, and every other, all of the other contenders have improved their position, you know, since the deadline. So yeah, it's done. Mm. Now, I haven't given up on baseball though. Uh, the playoffs in both leagues really look uh, outstanding. That you know there are a lot of very good teams. It's wide open in both leagues, and it promises to be very exciting. But I just think that, uh, you know, it's time to pull the plug on the White Sox and stop wasting so much, investing so much time in following them and worrying about them. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's the way it feels, Stan. That's the way it feels, and I think that feels that way for a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people watched the Bears last night. Um, I think – uh, I, I think people are, are are ready to to jump. It's it's so sad. I've never I've never been I've never been more ready to to talk about the Bears instead of one of the local teams. You know, I mean, I I like the Bears and I like football season. I really do. And I, you're going to hear tons of it on with Parkins and Spiegel. I mean, it's it's obvious. You know, I do. And if you heard me at the end of last hour talking to you about stuff. Um, but man, the White Sox thing is just so unpleasant, so deeply unpleasant. Let's squeeze in one more before we uh, get to a very special guest in a matter of moments. This is Mike and Willowbrook on six seventy The Score. Hello, Mike. Mike, you there? Hello, Mike. You're on. What you got, sir? Okay, okay. Diehard Sox fans been following it. It was extremely disappointing. I take a look at the lineup of today's game, and it's just a reflection of the entire season. How can any of us expect a team to win when you constantly have four, three, four, five of your top guys out of the lineup, and that isn't even talking about the pitching injuries? Isn't it ridiculous for us to actually talk and have expected that team to, to win? It's amazing that they're even around 500 when you really think about what I said. Three, four, five guys out of the lineup almost all the time, and we haven't even talked about the pitching injuries. Yeah, I hear you. Romy Gonzalez is leading off at second base. Josh Harrison is batting second at third base. Then it's Abreu and Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. 
A.J. Pollock in left, Elvis Andrus at short, Adam Engel in center, Sebi Zavala is your catcher. I hear you. The, the guys that you expected to be in there, Abreu and Vaughn, you could argue Sheets, everybody else is either depth or a kid or an in-season acquisition, um, but here you are. Yes, the injuries have ravaged you, that's for sure. The team is uh, not in good physical shape. <laughs> it's crazy. The training problems are, are massive. So weird. 670, the score is where you are. It's Matt Spiegel, who you're with on Hit and Run. Take a couple of left turns coming up here. Chris Kampka at 1140, top of the hour. One of my favorite baseball people that I have met this year. Coming up next, one of my favorite baseball people in town. Talking about both baseball and music. Right in the middle of our shared Venn diagram. We'll do that next here on 670 The Score. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. I've been trying to do it right. The Lumineers. They will cap off the concert season at Wrigley Field. Concerts at the ballpark make my heart happy. And I know they do the same for our next guest, Brian Garza, who is the director of ticketing for the Chicago Cubs, but also a hardcore music fan, a music aficionado, and the guy I like to talk about the nexus of baseball and music with more than most, not everybody, but more than most, joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Mr. G, how are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning, Speaks. How are you, man? I am wonderful. Um, what do you think about? What do you feel when you have a concert in the ballpark, in your ballpark? And I know if people haven't been there, they've got the one more shot, like I mentioned, with the Lumineers next Saturday night. What, what do you feel when you have a concert there? You know what I really love about it is when uh, the gates open and you you get to take that walk into the ballpark and – you're seeing people that may not normally attend Wrigley Field to watch a baseball game, but yet they're there to see their artists and how they take in the ballpark. And, and just like it's that that look that they have and that feeling that you can tell they have, it's like, wow, you know, this is a cool place to see a show. Because obviously, you know, Wrigley wasn't built to host concerts. And I think, you know, we hear a lot of that from people as we are talking with them during shows and all that, um, that, they just they love the fact that seeing their favorite artist in our building it's it's a special event. You, so that's the part that really charges me up. That that's awesome. Now I, I know you've been to just about every venue there is um, in in this town and a lot of others throughout the country. You know it's interesting when I talk to musicians who get to play there, they remind me like somebody from the Zach Brown band, Jimmy, the violin player, was saying how when you set up on an outfield stage that it's kind of a natural amphitheater with the way that the stands are and then the way the press box looms over the top and so the sound bounces back at you. And I hadn't thought about that, how deep center just makes all the sense in the world for the stadium for music. Yeah, I think the geometry of the ballpark lends itself to the sound. And the nice thing is is I don't think a lot of the sound people have to really uh, view it as a high-maintenance gig because – like you said, you know, I've visited some other venues in town where the sound is just choppy. It's bouncing off the walls and, and the mix is horrible. 
but at Wrigley, um, it seems to be just uh, the type of venue that that really integrates itself nicely into the sound mix or for the sound mix. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What what are what are some of the best shows you've seen there, Brian? That you've that you've loved there and have been a part of. You know, my personal favorite was actually when the police reunited because you know I I grew up. My formidable years were in the uh, early to mid eighties and. That was when MTV exploded. So, of course, you know, the police were one of the top bands at the time. And, you know, they broke up um, after the Synchronicity album, which was their biggest album. And so, you know, I, I thought it was improbable that they would ever get back because, you know, the, as the legend goes, they couldn't stand each other. And so when they actually got back together, I believe it was 07 or 08, and we were part of that reunion show itinerary. And it was so cool to see those three back on stage playing all the hits. And uh, to me, that was my personal favorite. But I think in terms of a visual, it was probably when Roger Waters brought um, his show to Wrigley. I believe it was 12 or 13, and he, wow. he played the legendary Pink Floyd album, The Wall. So they actually built The Wall on stage. And I remember purposely sitting up in the upper deck because I wanted to just absorb the entire visual. And I remember, and I wasn't expecting this, but they ziplined a plane down from the upper deck and they crashed it into the wall <laughs> as a part of the performance. And so, and, and, you know, complete with a sound effect of like the plane going down. And it kind of freaked me out at first when it happened because it was right above me. Uh, and then just to see that happen, I mean, you know, that, those are the kind of things that you don't forget. But, and then obviously Paul McCartney playing there, you know, to see a Beatle playing Wrigley Field, um, it's pretty special because I, I think the Beatles played Comiskey back in the 60s when they had their, you know, short-lived touring uh, phase. Yes. So to have, have him play at Wrigley was amazing. And the one thing I remember about that is it was a July show. It was hot, and he played 30-some songs, and I don't remember seeing him reach for the water bottle once. Uh, I thought it was incredible. Wow. that That's crazy. Those are some great memories, man. I didn't – I forget that the wall was even there, let alone the spectacle of the plane on the zip line. I um I have a dream, which I maybe have expressed to you before, Brian, but I, 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 would, I would like to zip line from the Hotel Zachary into Wrigley Field at 2 in the morning wearing very little clothing. So I, I don't know. What are the chances, you think? Pretty low, probably. Well, I think if we have another World Series celebration down the road, that could be a possibility. Okay, I'll work on that. And the one I wish I was at was Pearl Jam when Ernie Banks came out after like an, an hour and a half rain delay and i don't i don't know if this that's policy now but like to wait out the rain delay and then to come out that late and ernie was still there were you there that night i was now the reason that i don't have that as one of my top concert memories is because of the stress of that night because you know we knew the storms were coming in and so it was all hands on deck in the box office and i remember when the rain hit and the show was stopped um there was definitely a a big uh push that um, we weren't going to be able to see that show resume. And, you know, how are you going to do that? You know, you're going to communicate to 40,000 Pearl Jam fans like, hey, you know, it's over with. you got to go home. And we weren't looking forward to that prospect. And I remember Rahm Emanuel, who was the mayor at the time, coming back into our office with a few other um, elected officials. And they all huddled into my boss's office to contact some of the neighborhood um, officials to make sure that everybody was on the same page as far as letting that show go into the wee hours of the morning. And luckily, that was a decision that they made. And, uh, you know, they pulled it off. But, man, it was a huge sigh of relief on our end because, like I said, it got pretty dicey there for a little bit. Mm. What uh, what players or coaches, Brian, or even front office folks, have been the biggest music people um, in your in your time there? The people who who call and say, "Can you can you get me into this show?" 
Um, you know, we've had a variety of players. I think, you know, one of the ones that comes to mind um, is our manager, David Ross. You know, I see him from time to time. My wife is a huge country music fan, so we attend a lot of uh, country shows, and, you know, we'll see him there from time to time um, enjoying the shows. Um, John Lester, same way. He was a good country guy. Um, currently, like right now, I, I know Ian Happ um, attends concerts every so often, you know, as we've had some artists that have come through the ballpark um, I know that uh, he has uh, been able to to meet some of them and, and uh, see some of their shows, you know, as they've rolled through town. Um, Anthony Rizzo was a big concert attendee. Um, actually, one of my favorite stories was after the World Series. Um, at the time, I had a friend that worked for the Grammys, and she had invited my wife and I to go out and attend one of the ceremonies. And uh, it was after the World Series, and Rizzo was invited, because uh, I think it's customary that they always uh, invite somebody from the World Series winning team to attend. So he was there, and uh, the person that uh, uh, was or that runs his foundation, who used to work internally for us, she knew that I was going to be there. So she actually texted me, and she was like, "Hey, are you going to any uh, after parties? Because uh, we'd like to get him into one." And so we actually um, worked him into Chance the Rapper's <laughs> Grammy party at the Chateau Marmont yes. in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, good buddy of mine, big big uh, music guy in town here, Rick Cooper, set it all up. And it was one of those nights that just didn't seem real. And uh, the next day, you know, it was like, did we just dream that? Or did that actually happen? <laughs> this is and that was, you know, when Chance won at the Grammys, won pretty big. And yeah. that was like his coming out party, too. So we, we really had a, a good time that night. And little sleep, but a lot of great memories. This is the life. This is the life of Brian Garza. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember when I called you before Game 3 of the World Series. Maybe it was Game 5. I don't know. I called you, and I was just, like, checking in um, about something, and you're like, um, yeah, sorry, Matt, I can't talk. I'm walking Jack White over to a rooftop. And I was like, oh, yeah. So those, those are the people that you get to, to interact with. You're like, you know what? I'll take care of that one. Uh, go, go ahead, uh, you know, send somebody else to do something else. Who had, You've been able to meet some incredible musicians who are either Cub fans or baseball fans. Who stands out for you in that regard? Well, you know, to me, it's the Chicagoans. It's it's Billy Corgan, um, Liz Fair, huge Cubs fan. Um, obviously, Eddie Vedder. You know, I think everybody's got their, their own Eddie Vedder story um, for as many times as he's been out to enjoy watching the Cubs play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, along the way, there have been others that I've – you know, idolized as musicians throughout my, my life, like Larry Mullen from U2. You know, I, 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 my dream has always been to get, uh, has been to get Bono to to a game, but strangely enough, we got Larry Mullen and Larry Mullen is the tough one. He's the one that usually when, when you talk to U2 fans, like that's the toughest one to get in terms of, you know, one-to-one interaction. And yet he made it out to a couple of games when they toured back in 16, 17. Um, They made a few trips around and uh, he came out a couple of times on various legs of the tour. Um, Getty Lee from Rush, big fan of his, and he's a big baseball fan. Uh, Brandon Flowers from the Killers. Um, the one, though, that really, really floored me earlier this year, we had Giles Martin, who is the son of George Martin, who produced all the Beatles albums. Yeah, and, and Giles is producing all the, the reissues. They just announced that Revolver is the next one. Yeah, yeah which I can't wait for that. But um, he was in town because um, – Elton John has got the Devil Wears Prada musical going downtown, and Giles Martin is overseeing the music for that. So they were in town uh, recently. It was when Elton John was here to play Soldier Field, and so um, he came out to the ball game, and it was—it's incredible. It was talking Abbey Road Studios with him, and and just you know wow. getting a little bit of that insight that you normally you know don't get from reading an article or something like that. That—that's the best. That—that's gold. That kind of conversation is a currency 
of its own, and it's worth more than than anything in my mind, and I know it is in yours, and that's that's why I love talking about this stuff with you, Brian. We could do this all day. Let's do it all day sometime soon. All right? I would love that. Uh, I would love that. But you know what? In closing, I do have to tell you this. Going yes. back to Jack White, the night that you saw me walking him to that rooftop before the game, yeah. after the game, they couldn't get an Uber because back in the World Series, they wouldn't let the Ubers get to within a mile of the ballpark. Uh, I remember I walked walked my 83-year-old father. Uh, my wife helped. We had to walk him all the way to Belmont. Uh, absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, they needed to get back downtown, so I actually drove Jack White and his manager back downtown to their hotel in my trusty Pontiac G8 that had 200,000 miles on it at the time. And I'll never forget this. I had it set to the classic rock station um on my xm and he smoke on the water came on by deep purple and he deconstructed the the entire song and was talking about how he could never understand how they mixed the drums louder than the guitar because they had you know one of the greatest guitar players you know um playing for them and and uh he was just like i don't understand how they drowned out his guitar mix and made the drum so i've never listened to that song the same Because, you know, he's like Richie Blackmore. You know, his guitar should be prominent in this song, and, and it wasn't. Oh, man. So, See? There you go. That's, and, and that's the payoff. That's the payoff that that's you get for, for yeah. taking him in the Pontiac is you get, <laughs> is you get knowledge uh, on, a, on, a, on an absolute classic. Oh, that's phenomenal. <laughs> um, Brian Garza is the director of Ticketing for the Cubs and one of my favorite people in the music and baseball uh, Venn diagram in which we both traffic. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Beaks. Take care. You got it. That's Brian Garza right there. Um, Just a wonderful guy with great, great stories about stuff that I love. It is hit and run here on 670 The Score. A little bit of bump and run in our final hour because Justin Fields and that Bears offense has people talking. Last night on the Twitters, this morning on the Twitters, people breaking it down. Um, absolutely. We, we've bemoaned the White Sox plenty. I gave you my big picture Cubs optimism. Uh, coming up next, what's it like to be a baseball lifer and finally get your big league shot? We'll ask our next guest. Chris Kampka later on will get us camp connected. We're here till noon on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 